It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has uh, an assignment today, I think is what it says there. He's on assignment. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to wrap up the trading week when we start uh, 30 minutes from now. That's a little bit of a different picture. Yeah, why you put up the bonds and let's see how different picture is. Yeah, no, that 10-year. All right, let's start with our roadmap, though. And it does not start with the 10-year. In fact, it starts with Amazon, AWS, its AI strategy. CEO Andy Jassy saying he'd been, quote, surprised at the growth of the company's generative AI business. Plus, inflation seems to be cooling. The Fed's preferred gauge showing the pace of inflation came in at 3.7% for the month of September. And we're keeping an eye on uh, the auto industry. Ford withdraws its guidance, delays EV investments. Meanwhile, the uh, UAA reportedly delivering a new offer to GM. There you go. All right, let's start with uh, Amazon. Uh, oh. That stock is up nicely after reporting quarterly results. Overall profit more than tripling from last year. CEO Andy Jassy saying on the conference call that he has been surprised by the company's growth in AI. You look at the, the very substantial, gigantic, new generative AI opportunity, which I believe will be tens of billions of dollars in revenue for AWS over the next several years. And I, I think we have a unique and broad approach that's really resonating with customers. And you can see it um, with you know, the, the array of customers I mentioned that are using us and um, starting to build workloads um, for generative AI and who have already on top of us. I can see it also just, you know, the, the growth rate for us in generative AI is, is very fast. Of course, if they can get a hold of all the NVIDIA chips they need, even though they're designing uh, their own. Give me your take on the quarter. Uh, okay, so you go through what went wrong with Alphabet in the conference call, which was disorganized, incoherent. Uh, Getting a little more critical of that Alphabet conference call no, that's a few kind. days later. No, that was kind. I mean, it was a kind, kind view of it. And then you take a look at what Meta did wrong, which is kind of like blue skying the future in costs. Did Meta really do something wrong? Well, I happen to think Meta, I went out yes last night and said Meta's a buy, but you know, people n- misinterpreted what he was saying. Okay, right. You the take guys the best, the take the best of the Microsoft, okay. okay, which was not apples to apples in terms of Azure. And then you 10x it. And you have what we had last night. Last night was what one of those calls. Which is, all right, everybody who like didn't like the other guys, billions and billions. I mean, let, let, you know, listen to what he did. Tens of billions. How do you get better than tens of billions? This was one of those calls where you came away and you just said, oh, you know, what the hell are we thinking? This is a company that has revolutionized retail, revolutionized Amazon Web Services, now revolutionized advertising. David, even if you go back to the incredibly, really worst part of the Google call, which was the discussion of the NFL package, mm-hmm. these guys are talking directly. I'm like, I'm watching the Bills not dismantle the, not dismantle Tampa Bay, but and I'm reading the conference call and I'm saying they even they're doing great on that. David, this was a testament to how to do a call versus the predecessors. Yeah, and by the way, you've been critical, and uh, rightly so. Andy Jassy's first few calls were not. No! He's gotten I, a lot better. No, and like I had They a were not good a, calls. I mean, I've had a couple of people great, refer to them. Not, not great. Meeting. Remember the disastrous call when he first started, somebody noted. I, well, no, I, I think you called him out on we that. Were, we had a, 
a kind of a to so do. It was supposed is to be it a just lunch. because he he's got even, didn't even become a is lunch. it because he has better news to share or is it because he's also got better at communicating he's on these calls? Yeah, he, he's also life. All right. What? All right. What? I don't really care. Well, he's he's a delightful. Giant fan. What okay. Do you want me to say? All I care about is whether he's delivering no, no. or not. Okay. He right, under man. he had don't. a coherent uh, view of of generative that was so powerful that you understood why people who were optimizing last year have now gone gangbusters, 919 million better than we thought in Amazon Web Services. Now, David, listen to me. It's inference. He, you know how Bill McDermott yesterday was talking about uh, the gen, about generative AI, and you asked him that question, which was basically, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, we got the actual from Jassy, which is, they know, they're using generative AI to know exactly what you want. Now, I was surprised that you didn't come out and start talking about Minority Report or something, because it was, what they're doing is they're saying, oh, let's say Jim Cramer ordered this really horrible coffee. Well, we're going to send him Amazon's best, and which is their own private label, which happens to be very, very good, and Cologne, because he's from Philadelphia, and we know he likes Philadelphia. It's that good. It's that good what they're doing. It, it's real. Okay. Uh, to the specifics that the street was focused on, AWS came in at a revenue growth of 12.3%. Remember, during the course of the quarter, that expectation had come down yes, a bit. We got any number of these different sources right. from data providers right. saying things may be slowing. So right. you got to as low as an expectation from some that it might be in the 11% range. Yeah. Really, twelve, but twelve point three, maybe a bit better. Well, I mean, they're, they're um, taking share. They're going to go over and get. They're talking about time. the optimization, and of course, no, they're is, getting I away love from this that. word. Attenuated I, optimization. I, I know. I, first of all, like we that? should not be using the words they come up with. That's always been a pet peeve. I went peeve to of them mine. and I said, "Listen, I Google optimization. The slowdown in spending." is attenuating, meaning things are looking a little better when it comes to companies spending on AWS yeah, you, and You're doing services. that Amazon to favor dictionary, which no, is I'm that. Just, I no, just, no, 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 no. I, I hate when we con- use their words, okay? Let's use our words. Okay. Business is better than it was. Right. Because people have discovered how powerful this is. And as they learn, and we have more what's so-called on-prem, right? Um, yes. And again, Big move to free cash flow generation. Yep. They obviously beat the guidance when yep. it came to EBIT and everything yep. else. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, operating leverage is is there. Forward numbers are moving up. Stock-based comp, by the way, was a bit light because they do sometimes get a gap versus non-gap right. question. Uh, and AWS's margin was over 30 again. Right. Now, so, how about like 11.2 All right. 11.2 billion Are happy days income? here? Right, I'm going to give you a thesis that's going to blow your mind. Blow my yeah. mind. All right. Okay, regionalization was something that Andy talked about right at the top. What does that, that mean? Instead of having, like, you ordering Gillette shave cream and it comes from Dallas, they have put certain consumables that they have identified that are most used by people, and they put them in warehouses very near you, which are well automated. And what's happened is they are attacking front and center CVS and Walgreens with everything they have. David, I'm going to make you a promise. Okay. One of those two is not going to make it. Really? Because, because of it, competition from Amazon. Yeah, because what happens? Because is, you can just get it almost as quickly as if you walk down to the Walgreens, and/or obviously got to get the person unlocked, right. the, whatever it is you want. And that's what they're gunning for. They're saying, listen, if you order it um, before you go to work, it'll be at your doorstep when you get home, and that's a lot better than walking over to and trying to find a clerk or whatever, a person, an associate at a at a Walgreens. Uh, and David, that's exactly who they're gunning for. And not mm-hmm. only that, but also with drugs. 
So those guys either those guys have to become right now. This was an existential attack on them. And they better become pure healthcare companies and minute clinics because these buildings are going to be like the beautiful one that was J.P. Morgan's house over here that they closed. Museum pieces. Bolero, my friend. Bolero. Think that. Okay. You know what Bolero is? I do. The bowling alley. It's going to become. By the way, it would be nice if they opened a bowling alley in that building. They got to do be? something. What, are, you know, I used to be 140 Boulder before I hurt my Boulder. Such a beautiful I, building. All right, finally, but before we I move on, advertising as well. I mean, Jassy's saying, and this is another quote, I think we barely scraped the surface I know. with respect to figuring out how to intelligently integrate advertising into video, audio, and grocery. Right, so they know that I watch the Bills game, okay? And they know that therefore they probably heard me through Alexa that I think the Eagles are better. So they'll, give me, they'll flash me Eagles couplings tomorrow. And I'll right. buy them. And you'll I'll buy, buy hundreds of them. Of course you will. Of course you will. You'll buy anything. Well, not anything. Not anything? No, I buy better clothes than you. You do buy better clothes than me. You, you buy, know, more, I was at, do you know that buy I was more homes than I do. Do you know that I was at Brioni last week? No, I didn't. Oh, boy, said, I'm glad we're going to talk said, about this. And they said, does David Faber hate you? They asked that? Yes. Why do, why do people think that? Because I kept just saying Meanwhile, John You're Oliver, known in Milan, whoever, that pr- whoever that producer is at John He's Oliver, is just but watching right in now, Milan, or she's watching said, right Faber now. Faber hates Kramer. Really? Yeah, they do. That was oh, interesting. Man. Milan. Not um, Milano. See, that? I know that. That's a GLP. That's dead. You mean Pepperidge Farm Milano cookies dead, are dead? dead. Hershey's. Before GLP even gets recognition, people are hitting Hershey. Just wait until people take GLP. Know. You know, wait until it's required in middle school. Um, all right, we got a lot of other stocks we're gonna, or companies yeah, we're going to talk about and their on? stocks. But I think we should move on to the markets and to okay. what is the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. That is called the core PCE index. And for September, uh, it came in at a rate of 3.7% year over year. That did match street forecasts. Data also showed personal spending was above expectations. That was up seven-tenths of a percent. No, so personal bad. income was just shy of consensus. That was at 03 uh, a per- 0.3% increase. What do you make of Wake these numbers? Wake me up when the Fed's done uh, tightening in QT. That was, these were bad numbers. And uh, they're not what I wanted to see. And they were bad, even though they all came in in line. That's, we don't want in line. We want rollback. And I think that, you know, there's a guy like Dave Tepper. You know, these guys who own football teams, they're smart guys. We'll get to the guy who owns the baseball team, the guy, the team they spent a lot of money and they didn't make the playoffs. You was mean that? Steve Cohen? 0.72, my friend. He's a very smart guy, too. He happens to be great. He will yeah, still anyway. see victory at some point. Okay, so he said five yeah. years. We're not there yet. You take a guy like Tepper. Yeah. And they got a key game this weekend. They've got to win this game. Uh, the they got to win a game. The they got to win a game. Yes. But uh, one of the things that he's been saying over and over again is, look, uh, you get these bond auctions. They don't go well. Rates go higher. Uh, until there are real sizable buyers, and remember, we got sizable sellers. We got the Fed selling, we have Treasury selling, we have the Chinese selling. We need real buyers, and we don't. And this number showed you, like people said, it's in line. Number, the interest rates merely tick up. David, it's a real threat. And anytime, take a look at Whirlpool yesterday. I mean, the six percent yield did not hold it at one, just one bit. Stocks that have six, Verizon, I thought, would be up more. Verizon at, was started this week at an 8.75% yield. Now, it did have good earnings, so the yield came down a bit as the stock did move up. But not enough. I, look, the bonds are, bonds are the enemy, and we can sit here and talk about 
uh, all the stocks we want, and I like to do that. But but that's where you think a lot of the market is key. Well, we have. By the way, next week, week uh, we do get this we supply. Meeting. We also get the supply you number, supply, yeah. where where the Treasury tells us their expectations for the next quarter in that, terms of that's, issuance. That's the most. You think Never had so much one? focus on a on a on a I, supply number. I don't before. care about that. No, Mid nineties. Remember, we used to say, "Oh, that seven year went well. Let's go buy Intel." Right. Oh, Intel. Uh, I do think that people have to recognize that auctions are probably the most important thing. And the big downturn on Wednesday was because the five-year didn't go well at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Um, and that's that is, what people have to, These things are more important than any particular stock. We're back, to the, we're although, back to the 90s. Although, as we wrap this week up and we've gotten so many earnings, I wouldn't say that I feel particularly good about the market action after those earnings. Did no. You? Um, but I do think that... Yesterday did not feel no, but I, good. No, yes, she was bad day. But I do think that Amazon, when Amazon was down to 118, you know, you're frantically going back and forth to them. And they're like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I can't believe it myself. And like, what are you going to go out? I mean, you know, I mean, people were at 118. What that said was, it doesn't matter what we do. This was our best quarter. And I'm sure Zuckerberg, if you were to talk to him, would say, like, what did we do? We admitted that you know, during war, people don't place advertisements about funny movies. Right. And Meta then turned around and didn't gain any ground no, at all yesterday, despite what were numbers that we went through many times that would put a multiple at mid-teens. Yeah. Thank you. I think that that's the bonds talking. Yeah. The shrinkage in the multiple is incredible. David, shrinkage is what this market's about. Did Vandalay Industries report you? Vandalay Industries uh, is, we're still waiting for Vandalay Industries. I'm looking for better than expected. Uh, yeah. Costanza, CEO. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on to more serious topics. Uh, look at the latest on the Israel-Hamas war. NBC's Jay Gray is live from Tel Aviv for us. Jay. Hey there, David. Yeah, and after multiple volleys throughout the day, at least one of the strikes coming in from Gaza to Tel Aviv did make it through the Iron Dome today, striking a apartment complex here. We know that three people were injured. We don't know the extent of those injuries at this point. It happened just this afternoon. But again, one of those making it through the Iron Dome and into Tel Aviv. We know that overnight the IDF continued for the second night in a row what they are calling a significant targeted raid on the ground. We saw tanks rolling in along with troops clearing out operational headquarters, they say, clearing out some of the tank anti-tank installations as well. We also know uh, that the Navy carried out a mission last night. All of this, we are told, in preparation for the next phase of the war. And you would think, the way they're clearing out the area around the border with Gaza, that that would be some type of land advance, though they're still not saying when that may happen. We also know that the U.N. continues to wrestle with the idea uh, of some type of humanitarian pause here. Uh, They are discussing that again today, expect a vote at some point. Uh, But again, Israel has said uh, that that won't do anything to stop what they are doing and simply will, and I'm quoting here, tie their hands from protecting the people of Israel. And finally, uh, the humanitarian aid issue continues to uh, be a a very critical, uh, at a very critical stage at this point. We know that uh, fuel still has not made its way into Gaza. Many of the hospitals have been forced to close down. And, and those that may still be operating at this point, uh, with now, you would assume, just hours left, according to what the U.N. is saying. Uh, Jay, uh, the north of the country, we know that the U.S. has actually conducted some uh, 
uh, raids on Syrian positions that had been firing on U.S. bases. What are we hearing from up there and Hezbollah, yeah. obviously, in Lebanon? Yeah, absolutely. U.S. fighters taking out a, a couple of Syrian uh, stronghold points after they were uh, infringing on U.S. Uh, territories there or U.S. Uh, bases there. And, and it's been a growing volley between the two sides. As, as far as Lebanon and the Hezbollah fighters and, and the Israeli soldiers that are along the border there, it, it continues to increase every day. And we see Israel moving in more troops, more equipment to that area. That's a real concern uh, with the possibility of a second front. And so a lot of people watching that very closely as well. Jay Gray in Tel Aviv. Well, coming up, we're going to have a lot more, uh, of course, of the uh, movers in the stock market, many of them related to earnings. We'll talk about Ford. Quarterly results there are weighing on the stock. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to open for trading about 13 and a half minutes from now. We are looking for a higher open. More squawk in the street straight ahead. Shares of Ford, uh, you can see it there, down about 2.5%. Um, third quarter results did come in below what most analysts had been anticipating. It does include a wider loss at its EV unit. Of course, there's pricing pressure, competition there. company also withdraws full-year guidance pending ratification of that tentative labor agreement with the UAW. My partner here covers work least follows Ford quite closely. What do you make of all this? I wasn't thrilled with it. Uh, I wanted to be thrilled with it, but I wasn't. There are warranty issues, which to me speaks to the quality. Now, I know that Jim Farley's saying, listen, we're going to simplify how we make things. There's a million different versions of Ford. Now, there's just going to be a handful, and that's going to help. Uh, I, I was hoping for more cars actually being sold, but I think, David, I'm reluctant to criticize Jim because he had to go through a very difficult time, trying time. But at the same time, their cars, I have two Fords, and they start making them better. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got Farley from the call talking about, you know, in terms of trying to compete in the EV business, what it's going to take. Take a listen. A great product is not enough in the EV business anymore. We have to be totally competitive on cost. Tesla actually gave us a huge gift with the laser focus on cost and scaling the Model Y. They set the standard, and we are now making real progress on our second and third cycle EVs that are in the midst of being developed today. All right, what, what do you make of well, that? First, I, th I think Adam Jonas has better points, which is how Ford deploys, deploys its uh, ice flows. I like that. We'll determine where the stock price goes, and. Uh, really just talking about how you got to talk about the cash flow generation of the older before you start talking about EVs. I keep thinking, I'm listening to Farley and I'm thinking about what Steve Shore said. Stephen Shore oh, yesterday. Steve uh, Shore is the CEO of Hertz, of Hertz. we should point out. He was a guest on Mad Money last night. It was night. devastating. Should we listen to what he said? Or do we have that we do. we do. That's because fantastic. Because they did face depreciation as a result of having so many Teslas in their fleet. Take a listen. Depreciation went up on these cars, in part because Tesla took price down by about a third earlier in the year. The price differential is expressed through depreciation, and that's how it plays. And so, you know, the, 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 the opportunity to dump the car, so to speak, is not really one that's available to us, and frankly speaking, not one that I would take. There's positive margin to be had in the existing fleet of cars, and we will buy our price down over time. 
All right, you want to explain, A, what that means, and well, B, what it means for Tesla and or Ford? Yeah, first, uh, the repair bills were up huge for Tesla. Uh, for they, Hertz, for, for Hertz, Hertz Tesla. Yes, the, that they Tesla. rent. Yes. They haven't been able to make the concomitant increase in ride share that they were hoping for uh, Uber, people would use them. That, that's that, that incredible story that Musk told you, which is the cars can go up in value. Right. They're going down in value very, very quickly. Well, that's because he's been cutting price. So exactly. what's the value of a used but, Tesla if the new so, one costs so, so much what, less? So what can Ford do against a company that can be as rapacious as Musk? See, we have the FTC, okay? Now, she's, she's Don Quixote. What? She's Don Quixote. I love how you bring everything back to well, what that. Not, what, what's that got to do with anything? Well, because she goes after companies that lower prices, like an Amazon. But, but how about wiping out? And she's worried about small suppliers being wiped out. Musk can wipe out everyone. Kind of like, you know what? Because yeah, he's done it better. Well, Isn't think, that oh, what okay. you want? You know who else did it better? Who? Rockefeller. Yeah, but he doesn't have a monopoly. Rockefeller did. 100%. He had 100% of the market. What if she would have liked that? That means he agreed with me. She All right, coming up, he's going to get ready for his mad dash. We'll count you down to an seated. opening bell. I think it'll probably be seated. Uh, stay with us. These GLP-1 drugs, we're really not seeing any impact in our business. And the more we study it and understand it, frankly, I think this is another place where we're positioned really well. You know, our food is clean, highly customizable. So if you do decide to go on these GLP-1 drugs, you can get exactly how what you want to eat. All right, that takes us to a mad dash. You just heard from Brian Nichol from Chipotle, which is the name you want to do. Stocks up 80 points. It deserves it. They have a problem. Too many people go. So what they're doing is working on throughput to get people out. So the moment you go to a store and there's too big a line, you just say, I don't want to go there. They're working on throughput. And they're putting up more stores because they have such demand. These are two of the highest quality problems I have ever seen. It's still the quality of food. What Brian said about the GOP, finally someone has an answer, which is that, look, people still have to eat. The same people who would take these want fresh food. They don't want fried food. It was a tour de force conference call. Jack Hartung, as usual, filling in on the financials. And I think that this remains a $2,000 stock. That's been my target. It's going to go through it. And I think you should buy it. All right. That was Chipotle and the Mad Dash. You can take a look, of course, at the real-time exchange back at uh, our headquarters. You see more green on the board. Uh, and we can see that we've had a uh, positive open. I don't really care about the Dow anyway. Uh, here at the big board, Robo Global celebrating the 10th listing anniversary with robotics and automation ETF. Over at the NASDAQ, the government of Borat, India, did the honors. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. All right, where do you want to start? I want to talk about Capital One for a second. You know, all day, all we ever hear about is, look, the defaults are running badly and the consumer's really hurt. All right, Capital One is the lender for, a typically, you know, lender for people who are not, who are not wealthy. And their numbers were spectacular, and it doesn't seem like anything's bad there at all. And fishing, efficiency ratio is great. Now, Richard Fairbank is a genius. He's figured out exactly what level you should be able to charge people to make it so that even if you have defaults, they still make money. But people, instead of looking to the government numbers, look at Capital One. Capital One says we're still okay. You look at Brian Moynihan at Bank of, Bank of America, and you look at Capital One, and it really tells you exactly how the consumer's doing, as opposed to all these other you know, commerce department numbers. Those are aggregate stupid numbers. These are real hard fact numbers with real money back in their mind. Consumer's okay. Now, maybe that's the problem. The right. consumer is okay. <laughs> Right? Well, that's right. That's the, the other side of it. The consumer's okay. Yes, the and consumer is okay, and therefore the Fed is higher for longer, baby. Exactly. And I, I look at, I think a lot of people, what they really need to do is spend some time with the companies because the companies know more than the government. 
But we all, like, we, we rely on these, like, PC inflation. We look at all these stupid numbers, and I don't trust any of them. I'm not cynical. I'm just saying I don't trust him. Right. What I trust is, is Richard Fairbank, who schooled me about his model probably 15 that years is- ago. And I was so impressed that I've ne- that ever since then, not only do I enjoy the commercials, but, man, they make a lot of money. It's first signs of life in the stock in a while, though, given the interest well, rate picture the, because overall. because the, the yeah. chatter had been that he can't do the numbers. Well, forget your darn chatter. Fairbank is a genius. Wow. He's genius. a genius. Really? He's the banking genius. I think you oh, throw that term around too, too liberally. Okay, Mozart. I'm the Mozart of morning television. Yes, you are. Yes, it's pretty amazing. Okay. Actually, I, I, I take that back. You keep, you keep using genius all the time, as much as you want. Well, genius failed. Um, let's talk big oil. Let's talk big oil. Okay. Uh, let's talk Exxon. Let's talk Chevron, both of which, of course, over the last couple of weeks have done two of the largest deals that we've seen. Exxon yeah, maybe someone buying needed to, Pioneer. Maybe someone needed to replenish oil. Chevron buying Hess. Different performance this morning, though, after yes. um, profits are reported from both companies. Chevron shares uh, are down over 4%. It was not Jim. a good quarter. I mean, I got to tell you, I, you know, Mike Worth's a Mike genius. Mike Worth was sitting right here. <laughs> Mike Worth was sitting here a few days ago on Monday when we got the, uh, well, got fact, the Hess you know, deal look, with John Hess. Mike Worth had to, he had to rebuild reserves. I remember during the, the, uh, the period where I was very questioning Exxon, they weren't rebuilding reserves. Mike hasn't done it at a level I feel fit. Now, he did go, David, to where you went to get oil, not the Permian. Isn't no, he went to Guyana. Because they be, needed oil. If, in fact, and when the Hess deal is completed, they will be Exxon's partner there. Exxon operates everything there. They, they are the partner, the uh, Hess was, and they will take that over. That said, not the greatest week, Jim, to announce your deal to sell your company if you're Hess. I mean, no. that stock's done nothing but go down. It's an all-stock deal, remember, with oh, Chevron. Oh, you think that Pioneer's been any, any real home Pioneer run? Pioneer hasn't been a home run either, but take a look at Hess. I mean, it's just kind of picked the wrong week. Well, maybe you <laughs> I picked the wrong weekend to sniff glue. I mean, what are you going to do? Thank you. I mean, that was my reference, I, yes. Frank, frankly. <laughs> no, the wrong time to <laughs> stop sniffing glue. glue. Right. Now, David, Boyd Bridges was great in that, too, he by the way. That's great. Uh, I, I will say, David, that these guys are, you know, here's a new word that people are using on conference calls. I want to tell you. They're convicted. Now, now you know, convicted means you're behind bar. You're going, that's a Sam, so that's an SBF. Is that what they're using? Yeah. Is that it's a new one? It's supposed to be convinced. We're convicted. Stop using the term convicted CEOs. That means you're going, you're headed to jail. But, David, Mike Worth has, has as much as I, I, I appreciate everything he said, I don't want, I, I, maybe I wish that I had not sold my shares to him now. And I think John Hess is really good. He is. Listen, uh, Hess was at uh, basically a, a, a new high. Right. John Hess is 70 years old. It's a nice time to get tax-free deal. Nice time to to sort of wrap it up right. and move on. I don't think there's a threat to this 30. deal. I don't think you'll get an activist coming in and saying anything. There's no. no other real buyer, actually. I've gone through this. You're not going to get the Europeans in there. Exxon was obviously not going to be able to. No. Guyana certainly would have had something to say about that, not right. to mention they already did the Pioneer deal anyway. Well, how, so, about that? how about the Chinese? How about Sino? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, That's where it yeah. stands, but not the greatest week to sell no, your company. No, um, and, you know, these are companies that really could use a little more SLB as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I want to— I mean, I SLB do, means uh, that's Slumberjay. I want to talk back to—come back to Exxon briefly, though, because—and the Pioneer deal, Jim, because uh, I like Darren Woods was a guest on Squawk Box this morning. 
And there are some questioning the technological advances that they're going to be bringing to Pioneer's Me wells that are going to Scott be able Sheffield knows more about yes, trillion than that are going to enable Exxon to deliver on the bring, $2 billion in thank synergies. You. Thank you. Thank Scott. That was a big position for our Chapel Trust. Why? Yeah. Because Scott Sheffield is the greatest finder of low-cost oil in our country. So the idea that someone's going to up him... Well, I mean, up him? Yeah, so we got somebody who's even better than Mahomes? Here's, We're not really better than Mahomes, no. what, Well, here's how Woods answered that question. Take Practice. We are now uh, drilling uh, much longer laterals, more productive wells, lower costs, higher capital efficiency, and getting more recovery. Uh, and that's a huge opportunity now for taking the work that the organization has been doing to, to grow competitive advantage, grow our capabilities and skill sets through technology and our development approach, and now apply that to premier a tier one acreage in the Midland that uh, Pioneer has developed. They've got a, a great organization with great people who really understand their resource base. All right, that's what well, he has to say. I know, it's just that I, I, I thought to some degree that Sheffield sold too low a price. You did, I the know. The stock had been higher. Uh, we made a lot of money for the Chapel Trust if you include distributions, but I've always felt that Sheffield's uh, See, I'm going to use hyperbole, and you're going to get mad at me. Well, I, mean, I think he's the best in the Permian. How about that? Okay, I'll take that. And the I, by the that. way, you know, Coach told me I was the Mozart Coutara's of morning television. You're not going to get anything out bad Mozart's out of me pretty today. Good. Yeah, he was pretty. He good. holds up. That Mozart holds up. Uh, but Kotara, I think, is a better driller. Uh, but that's a natu- more natural gas. That's Cabot. Remember Cabot? Yep. You know, Simrex um, Cabot. Looking for my charter uh, release here. They had the call. Uh, you know, nothing great there, Better and the stock now. is down. Oh, this is off the back yesterday of our parent company, Comcast, reporting disappointing um, guidance on broadband subs, not to mention also a number that came in perhaps a bit below. So mm-hmm. you got Charter down another 6.5%. Um, 7.2 million mobile lines. Mobile's growing very quickly. Uh, cash flows from operating activities, $3.9 billion compared to $3.8 billion prior year. Higher CapEx, but really it just... Not a lot of growth in broadband. There seemed to be some concern overall about that. They did take a $68 million hit from the Disney dispute in terms of paying credits to people. Uh, and the stock's getting shellacked here yeah. uh, yet again. And our parent company, Comcast, actually now positive, sort of rebounded after some initial selling in the first few minutes, Jim. Yeah, I, look, I, I like growth. Yeah, there's not a lot of growth in this business no, right now. Not, growth. not a lot of growth in this business. That said, I got this Zumo box. I don't know if you've gotten this. Comcast is offering a charter. It's a Zumo little box. Basically takes your Wi-Fi signal, creates cable for you. It's great. Really? Great. Replaced my actual cable box. Did Cheaper, you? easy. Well, all right, look, I... I have not cut the cord. My kids don't know what the I haven't cord cut the is. cord. I'm paying, but it's 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 just less. They were it's born without a bill for cords for all I know. Um, um, and by the way, we haven't mentioned the, the one I want to praise someone. I'm please. sorry to just switch directions. Don't mind. Switch. I think it's I think it's great that Jay, that that Jamie Dimon said he's going to sell a million shares. He put it out there. Yep. Um, he hasn't sold shares before. He says it's starting in 2024. This is what I want to see from CEOs. I want to see honesty, candor, putting it out, done a great job selling stock. I don't know. Uh, Jamie Dimon's been CEO of this bank since 2005. He's amassed an enormous position. Obviously, he's a percentage of the overall. It's tiny, but it's over a billion dollars worth of stock. And you might expect for purposes of simply planning, state planning and whatever else he's got going on at that age, and given the fact that we expect at some point he may step down as CEO, when that point is, is anybody's guess. He wants to sell a little bit of stock. Yeah, I just thought it was great. Just a terrific way to be able to 
what you were, we're not going to be wondering, oh my, David Jamie Diamond selling stock. No, by the way, he still could leg into another 2 million shares I know, I know. under his current contract. So he's selling some, but he's still got a lot coming and obviously owns a lot. But meanwhile, what do you think of the stock? I, I don't like any of the bank stocks. You don't like I, any of them? My travel trust owns Wells. Yeah. Uh, they had a good quarter. Nobody cared. Uh, you know, Morgan Stanley, they didn't own a good quarter, but they picked a pretty good guy, Ted Pick. No one cares. Uh, when everyone doesn't care, then go buy NVIDIA. And I'm not even thinking, I don't buy NVIDIA ahead of the quarter. I, I, yeah, I'm just saying that I want growth. I'll go with the First National Bank, Jazz. All right, yep. Yeah. Uh, Amazon is up 6.5%. By the way, Meta is seeing a bit of a bounce today after yesterday's oh, declines. It's up 2.5%. And Microsoft, um, off the back of its earnings oh, one number of days ago, in which it did respond positively in the stock market, is up another 1-plus percent. You know, so Amazon people, I got think, got a nice little, uh, little feel here on mega cap I, I, I think the Amazon people are kind of, you know, they're, they're competitors, obviously, to Azure. And I, they, sometimes I feel like they apply that Azure's got like a, a Bobby Bonds thing going there. Yeah? Right. Um, so, yeah, like, oh, Bobby Bonds. Yeah, like kind of a... Which one? Dad or, or, or uh, Junior? Uh, OJ. Juice. No, you shouldn't use that term. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. No, I'm just saying that they're, they're, their numbers may be a little... Uh, not apples to apples. Not apples to apples. Well, because they, they have these great ways to be able to put the numbers that make Azure look really good. I come back and say, because Azure's really good, buddies. And Amy Hood doesn't fool around anywhere. Right. That Azure They just report straight gap numbers, don't they? I think, yes. I think Amy Hood is... Why are you, why are you questioning? Well, they, why are you questioning whether they're on the No, juice? I'm just saying that, you know, they, they, that Azure is really good and Amazon Web Services is really good. That's what I'm saying. And you know who wasn't good? Yes, Alphabet was not good. And I'm still reeling from that. I know you were. That was really bad. And by the way, we should point out uh, shares of uh, Alphabet symbol still is G-O-O-G are uh, flat on the session. All right, let's move on to solar because we saw the S&P laggards. That's and not solar, that's financing. And, yeah, it's financing. Um, the U.S. is not looking great. Revenue in the U.S. Uh, decreased for this company uh, 16% compared to last year. And Europe, as we saw last week with, I think it was Solar Edge. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that that's not Europe is just falling off a cliff. What's going on well, there? Because 34% they're not, percent they're, decrease in European okay, revenues. Okay, so what's happening is, is that, let's say... Uh, you're getting a. You thought you were going to get a subsidy, and then the countries change the rules and take away the subsidy. That's been a problem. Uh, if you want, uh, it, let's say you want alternative energy, David. There's a company called what, Vinova. Yeah. GE. That's got a. Oh right, GE. And that's a winner. Right. right. That's a winner. And Larry Culp put that together. I thought that Larry Culp was going to look like Larry David on that thing. He looks like Larry Culp. <laughs> what? I thought that was funny. Thank you. Funny. Larry David G- makes me laugh. Geez, actually an opportunity here. It's come down a lot. Geez, like, an opportunity. People really? don't like the chart. They had the best um, aerospace numbers. What do I want to hit here? Sanofi. Oh, uh, CEO was a guest already on Squawk Box. <laughs> do you want to watch that? Because um, there's a guy. Why, why are all these companies doing these consumer spins? <laughs> because that really wanna, went really well for J&J. They want to bury you alive? Yeah. Because they want to bury you alive. And, and, uh, how about the fact that... Like, J&J, J&J actually uh, pants people. No view. I have no view with the Kenview deal. Well, how about they the sold it all, and then now look at that thing. How about the timing? FDA comes out and says the stuff you've been taking all your life doesn't work. I know. And how about the, that? The Tylenol lawsuit for Kenview is not great either. There's Sanofi shares. We can take a look. They're down uh, dramatically. Yeah, they, 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 they are they spinning consumer, at least marking it for a spin. You could put all those companies together and still not do well, all the spin-offs. Um, 
let's listen to the Santa Fe CEO. He was a guest earlier on Squawk Box talking about the quarter. The truth is, you know, we think we can create more value for shareholders and even more importantly for patients by doubling down on our science, which has really matured and is really set up very well. And we didn't want to make a trade-off. There it is. That's another reason. So you've got to have capital. Maybe there'll be some consolidation amongst all these consumer <laughs> oh, yeah, drug companies. Happen. Well, that's what should happen. And I think there's ho- they're hoping that'll happen. But uh, the fact is, these are terrible businesses. Terrible. And wow. you don't want them because it's cutthroat. The margins are bad. There's really no differentiation. Uh, now people are going to start questioning their value because the FDA has basically said, that, listen, it's something you've taken all your life doesn't really work. There's a lot of question marks about these companies. And then these companies always come out and say, listen, we're going to do pure science. Uh, well, good. I mean, if the science doesn't work, like Bristol-Myers, you got a stock that is just awful. Uh, the only one of these drug companies that really reports next week was Merck put out good numbers, and they've got great science. They've got Keytruda, which is probably going to be the greatest, uh, probably the greatest drug of all times, which is going to pass uh, Umira, uh AbbVie, although I think the AbbVie True, numbers, people didn't like the AbbVie numbers. I thought cancers. they were good. But AbbVie is a, you know, you're at, the clock is ticking on AbbVie. Oh, because of the patent expiration yeah. of Myra. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't really hit Merck at all yesterday. But so Merck, Merck did good that. numbers. Yeah. They're, they're doing a pretty good job. Bristol Myers was so bad. was really just bad. Uh, it's terrible. down again today, Bristol Myers. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't wanted to own anything in this sector except See, one name. Well, two, really. Eli Lilly. Now, and, and Nova. Yeah, now, now Meta is something because what people are realizing is that upon further review, it looks like the refs once again blew the game. The refs being the analysts and the fast traders. The refereeing in this year has been so horrible that as much as I love the Eagles, we had no penalties last week. I mean, right. Well, that's nice. I think that, that the refs are looking at, at Meta and saying, why did we sell it? What was it? It was something involving advertising. Now, I do want the Ray-Bans that like, allow me to figure out what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, but We'd I, all like to figure out what you're thinking. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. But I do, you know, there's been like a billion avatars. I mean, you know, we, you know what we forget? WhatsApp yep. may be worth the price of admission on this thing. All right. I'll leave Especially it there in, for now. Especially in countries that are lesser developed. Um, what, you don't like that? No, I do. i got to get to Kate. She's at the courthouse. Who? Sam Bankman-Fried's oh, trial. Yes, yeah, sure, absolutely. Remember that? It's resuming this morning. That's one day after the FTX founder did take the stand, but that was without a jury present. Sort of a, of a run-through almost. Kate yeah. Ruby's outside the federal court in Manhattan and uh, can bring us up to date on what we expect. Kate. Hey, David. Good morning. So the jury, they're back in the courthouse this morning after a pretty unusual detour yesterday. Sam Bankman-Fried did get up on the stand, but there was no jury in the room. This was so the judge could decide if certain topics are admissible, including the role of SBF's corporate lawyers. We do expect the judge to rule on that. This morning, the defense kicked things off yesterday. Bankman Freed wearing this oversized gray suit. He had noticeably shorter hair on the stand. They really tried to place the blame on his FTX lawyers, saying that they signed off on things like bank accounts that misused customer money, as well as illegal loans. At that point, Bankman Freed sounded calm. He was giving concise answers. Not the case, though, when the prosecution started grilling him. He stumbled. He asked a lot of clarifications. He stalled to take sips of his water bottle at certain points, said he couldn't remember a bunch of times. And then instead of saying yes or no answers, he would evade. He would say things like, I would not classify that as particularly what happened instead of just a no. The judge seemed pretty frustrated with those diversions. He repeatedly told Bankman Freed, listen to the question and then answer the question directly. He also noted sarcastically that the defendant has what he called an interesting way 
of answering questions. Bankman-Fried will continue that testimony today and in the coming days he's going to face a lot more cross-examination as well if he is found guilty and the judge suspects that Bankman-Fried lied at any point in sworn testimony. It could add years to his sentence, guys. Back to you. And I got to tell you, people don't understand there are differences between judges. Judge Kaplan's probably the most distinguished jurist in the Southern District. He's also known as the toughest jurist. Uh, he's not overturned. Uh, he's right now, I mean, I would say this guy is the, Sam Bankman frees the Panthers, and Judge, Judge Kaplan is the Not Chiefs. Listen, he's all, the Chiefs. Uh, and thanks to Kate, by the way, outside the court. I'm sorry, all you need, Jim, yeah. though, is one juror to believe him and, you know, and hang in there. Good luck. Yeah. You know what? That's all um, it takes for a mistrial. Yeah, I, I think that... Does Sam Bankman-Fried think that this is a, a, a series on cable about juries? I don't know what Sam Bankman-Fried I think that, you know, this is the first I, time and also the last time I'm a judge. I mean, you know, there's some real serious I mistakes this man's making. can't get into that man's head. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the bond market very briefly here before we head to a break and check out how treasuries are faring this morning. Uh, we were talking about the 10-year, of course, Jim was as well. You can see we're at 4.852, certainly down from that 5% level that we hit. Um, five days ago. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, still a very much a focus. But David, it's an early day. It's, it's, we're somewhat early in the session. We are early in the session. Late in the show. We'll be right back. The aforementioned Intel is the subject of stop trading. Look, Pat Kessler, your CEO, delivered a good number and also called said, listen, the PC cycle's back. Uh, uh, they're winning a lot of business. And they're shipping some new product that's good. And I, I think it's part of what I regard as being a... An excellent quarter, frankly, uh, where they beat expectations really cleanly. And uh, I'm glad I want Pat to win. A lot of people love Pat and just been feeling that he got such a bad hand. But this was a good, clean quarter. And if the cycle is back, as he says, and I believe there's no reason to believe not, there are a lot of stocks that will work. So this was a very positive, uh, very, very what strong else? quarter. It was a strong quarter. What else works if, in fact, he's right that the cycle is back? AMD will work. Uh, Arm will work. Uh, I think you can go by Micron, which hung in there very well. Uh, and I think that, you know, those are the true takeaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I ha- happen to think that Micron's very inexpensive, but nobody really likes Micron. I do. Uh, and, David, next week we're going to have to hear from Broadcom. Arm is not trading well. No, it's not. No. We're going to have to hear from Broadcom. Yeah, we're going to hear from Broadcom. And, by the way, on Monday uh, we still, I mean, I can't tell you how many, t- how many ARBs call about VMware. I don't know. Do you know? Are they going to close this thing? Are the Chinese not going to let them close it? Are they not going to give them? What do we know on VMware, Jim? I have to tell you that Hocktam was as adamant as any time I've ever heard him that this deal closes next week. He's not backing down. It's it's Monday. Could be. There will be a lot of surprised investors if, in fact, that thing closes. Jeez, look at that, will you? Yeah. VMware is such a quality company, too. All right, what do you got on Matt tonight? I have Warehouser. I like periodically to have a real company. David, I got to find out about housing. I got to find out about timber. I, we have to see these are the kinds of things that, that Fed Chief Powell wants to see. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still committed to Powell. I'm committed to Jassy, right? I'm yes. committed to Zuckerberg. Yes. I'm committed to uh, Amy Hood from Microsoft. Of course, of course. And uh, those are some of the people who came out ahead for me this week. I'm glad to hear that. Jim. Yeah, they came out ahead. All right, well, have a good weekend. Thank you. You're, You're welcome. Too. I will try. Coming up, more reaction to that Amazon quarter. Again, uh, the stock is up uh, quite uh, nicely, as you see, over 6.5%. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.